Okay. I'll uh, do it again! <laughs> I, I won't. I'm, I'm done. You can do it again if you want to. It's fine. Uh, I just want to let you know, I am streaming right now. I'm just checking to make sure everything looks good on my laptop. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to... camera action and so on and so forth. Yeah. Everyone can see all of my windows because I don't have two uh, monitors because I'm broke. And I'm not a gamer, you know. Alright, I have one monitor too. It's not because I'm a gamer, it's because there's no more space on my desk. And it's like, it's literally older than me. And this is the only monitor that would fit. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm tweeting out that we're streaming, I'm tagging you. Come hang out, guys. There's my... But not too many. I'm gonna be honest, um, I, like, tried to watch Umbrella Academy. I think I watched the second season a while ago, so I just watched the third season, and I tried to refresh myself on what happened. I don't know what went on in the third season. There was too much going on. There was too much going on. Like, what the heck, bro? So, I'm not even gonna lie. I did my homework, like, ridiculously fast. I, um... So, like, I absorbed media through, uh, through, I had my Netflix on 1.5 speed, and I was, like, looking at it, and I was, like, making, just, and I was, like, reading TV tropes or craps just to make sure that I processed what the heck was going on, mm -hmm. and, like, I don't know, the way that this, that the third season just has so much happening makes me think that maybe the next season is gonna be the last one, cause, like, what, what else is there? Uh, I mean, I think that the most that they can do is, like, is like the big reveal might be that like the original timeline that we're like introduced to is actually the broken one i i don't know i truly do not know i truly cannot tell you what the frick is going on so the answer is yes <laughs> the answer is yes okay um we're gonna get started usually this is just gonna be for fun you know we're gonna talk about the show what happens in the show, what we think, what we like, what we don't like, and blah, 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 all that stuff. Alright, so let's get yeah. into it. Alright, I'm going to go ahead and start us off. Hi guys, thank you so much for coming back to I've Been Meaning to Watch That. I am your host, Monica, and I'm joined by my awesome, awesome guest. He is super funny, very creative, he streams on Twitch, he makes YouTube videos, he and I are buddies, we're Discord buddies, and he's really cool. Everybody say hi to JJ! Hi, the name's JJ. Yeah! Um, I have a microphone. I yes. have cool I have warm lights in front of me. You probably won't get that unless you take photos, but whatever. <laughs> I need to- hold on, wow. My- I just realized my webcam was, like, smudged. Alright, okay, that's- that's better. Okay, let's move it this way. Okay, great. Hi guys! So today we're gonna to be talking about the Umbrella Academy. We're gonna go through seasons one through two, one through three, and yeah, that's basically it. Thank you so much for uh, listening. If you're watching, probably watching on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram. I start to stream these on my Twitch channel. The link will be in the description. So like, follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Share with your friends and family, and do all the things like. Share the podcast, guys. Share the love, okay? Great. All right. Ooh, ooh. And don't forget to subscribe to me, too. Yeah, so. don't forget to subscribe to JJ. I will be sure to put his links in the description. 
All right, so we're going to get started with Can't Wait to Watch. It is a segment where we talk about TV shows and movies that we can't wait to see that are coming out soon. One thing I can't wait to watch is Severance. It's on Apple TV. I want to say, I'm very upset that a lot of Apple TV shows are so good because that makes me want to get Apple TV and I don't want to. I don't want to get Apple TV. And I know I'll get a discount because I have an Apple phone, I have a MacBook, but I don't want to get Apple TV because I don't want another streaming service. Like honestly, yeah, I'm tired of like streaming services have become what you call it. They become cable TV. I'm I'm over it. Like I, honestly, I've gone back to pirating. <laughs> I mean, I might have to because like I really want to watch Severance, and a lot of people have told me that it's really good, and like I knew it was gonna be good because I saw the trailer for it and it looked very interesting. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I feel like Severance is a little bit too real for me to watch. It has an hmm. interesting. It has a really interesting premise from what I saw, but, yeah. like, do, do I really need that to hit so close to home? Yeah, you're right. Mm. I don't... And, like... I agree with ahead, you. Sorry. No, I was just saying that I agree with you. Yeah. Honestly, I've been, uh... I'm not even gonna lie, I kind of really do want to watch the second Minions movie, because, like, <laughs> the Minions becoming, you know, the, um... The, the patron saint of moms and uncles and aunts and everybody over the age of... 43 on Facebook. Mm-hmm. The, the movie was good. I'm a sucker for a good animated children's movie, especially when it's like it's the minions. Yeah. I bet we're gonna find out where they were in on 9/11. And like, <laughs> what? Sorry, what? I don't know what's wrong with me, but like, that's fine. Like, I think about the original movie, and I just think that it's funny how they they accidentally sealed them in a cave during the 1930s and 40s. Hmm. Hmm. The Great Depression. They missed out on the Great Depression and the the Great War. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling that we would uh, have a much different impression of Minions if they uh, had been allowed to uh, roam the Earth during that <clears throat> era. Yeah, you could say that. Or maybe they were trying to avoid, you know, making a kid's movie too adult or too scary. Yeah. Not honestly. all kids like to learn about economic demise, you know? It's true. Honestly, I think that um, the best, like the one, like the best kid shows, the ones that we remember the most, they're like, and they're like best for rewatches even now, are the ones that didn't, they didn't like shy away from topics. They were the ones that like leveled with kids as like people who could understand like stuff like ATLA, Gravity Falls. Oh my et gosh, I love Gravity Falls. Literally my favorite show ever. Like Alex Hirsch does not understand how he how much he improved my life by making that show like jason ritter like that man truly does deserve like just so much love i love that show so much gosh Gravity oh, there's Falls. also my favorite my favorite of all time Phineas and ferb yeah Phineas and ferb is a classic Phineas yeah, and ferb, a classic. it's such a self-aware show honestly yes like people are like oh it's for me like i'm like yeah that's that's that, the whole point. that's what makes it so great that's what makes it so awesome. You know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. They know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. The song bops. We're here to have a good time. Like, come on, man. Don't read on my parade. Jesus. I refuse to watch the last episode, though. I, I'm i going to be honest. I was someone who watched Phineas and Ferb casually, including the movies. The fact that the show ended breathes right by me. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I'm not gonna subject myself to that because Arthur 
also ended recently. And no. the one thing I'm not going to do is acknowledge that at all. Arthur goes on. Arthur will never stop. Arthur goes on as long as I live. You know what I mean? Honestly, I'm, I'm going to say something controversial. Go ahead. I think Arthur should have been canceled. Wow. Earlier. It got bad. The animation got really cheap. The plots got even lazier. And before, it was just like a slice of life show where we like covered real issues, but like it was also approachable for somebody older. Cherry was like, you're obviously watching a kid's show for kids, but like they didn't, and like they never really went to shying away from things, but like it feels like the writing got worse, the animation got worse. Everything just like in general, they geared it down from the initial target audience to a younger one. And at the same time, they put, like, less effort into it. And I get that you gotta cut costs, you know? It's economics and all that, but dang, Arthur, as much as it pains me to say it, it, it should have been done earlier. It's not their fault, okay? Trump defunded PBS, alright? You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this also... Is why we vote blue gamers. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's not jump into that. I didn't say that. you have to be happy about it, I just said you have to do it. It's like it's like eating Brussels sprouts or something. Oh no. <sighs> well, yep. Oh, I also like Industry on HBO. It's very a lot of people. Not a lot of people talk about that show. Um, you should watch Industry, and you shouldn't watch the new season of Westworld because we're that show should have been done. In my opinion, that show should have been a, a one season show. Like the first season was pretty great. I only watched the third season because. Kid Cudi is in it, and I love Kid Cudi, but, like, you could listen, like, I, as much as I love, um, what's his name? Homeboy from Breaking Bad, as much as I love him, you cannot pay me to watch that show. You could pay me if you want to HBO, but you could not pay me. Y'all should probably pay. Uh, you know, my email is in the description. Also podcast. check the dono links. Mm-hmm. Go, go to Twitch, check the dono links. Yeah. Y'all heard? Yeah. Exclamation point donation and then, you know. Donations, mm-hmm. donations, donations. You know, uh, give 200 subs and we can talk. And then we can that's, talk. That's that's the bare minimum. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Sorry. But, uh, JJ, is there anything you are excited to watch that's coming out soon? Uh, hmm. Honestly, I've been a little bit under a rock. I've been like, I've been goblin mode editing and stuff recently mm-hmm. so outside of like minions which already dropped i've been told that the new thor movie is mid so that's kind of important oh no why really would you bring natalie portman back to me if it's not going to be worth my time hello what you what did you make her work out for if we're not going to thoroughly utilize her and also how can you have someone like tessa thompson in your movie and not just take hold of her excellence well it's simple uh i blame disney any mc any blah, 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 any mcu movie that doesn't do as what well, as much as i'd like it to i just blame disney they're like oh you can't do this you can't do this. there's a reason why the original writers and directors of the doctor strange movie left and they brought in sam Raimi. there is a very valid reason for that also Tessa Thompson deserved at least a SAG award for passing. Because that movie was amazing. And the fact that nobody talked about it during award season pisses me off. Because now there are going to be like 17 biopics coming out. And you're telling me that one biopic that Tessa Thompson was in that was actually really good gets paid dust? 
Wow. Well, you see, it's it's simple. No, it's literally the movie's called Passing. It's literally about people who are so light skinned they look white. Out of all the years, Hollywood colorism has favored light skinned actresses. Y'all let one of the ones that I like slide. Hmm. Fine. 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 Sorry, right. we all know that the awards don't matter. They matter a little bit to me. Just a little That's bit. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> oh, wait, I got a question. What's your opinion on the uh, Will Smith-Chris Rock incident? I think that Chris, I think Will Smith was justified in slapping Chris Rock because Chris Rock is one of those comedians that always punches down. Like, his entire career has been just making jokes at the expense of other people. And his for a lot of his career, he's been making jokes about Jada. Rumor is that Jada rejected him sometime in the 90s and that he's been bitter ever since. And, like, the thing is that, like, people always ask Chris, like, Chris Rock is always invited and asked to host these award shows because he's black, but they know, like, kind of his humor and why they kind of allowed that to happen. The fact that he has something to say about Jada when Oscar So White was happening and how she wasn't even invited to the award show. Sir, you are the little monkey dancing for all these white people in the room, all right? Let's put that out there, first of all. And a lot of people think that, like, the slap was staged or that it was all done for drama or that it was fake. And, like, with how boring the Oscars are, they could not possibly have come up with something as interesting as Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. Especially because, like, after that happened, nobody drank for the rest of the night and everybody was talking about the whole time. The Oscars had Megan Thee Stallion rapping, uh, We Don't Talk About Bruno. Which was honestly not that great. Sorry, Megan. I love you, but it wasn't that great. And then you, to say that like to say that like the slap was something that was like planned. It wasn't planned because Chris Will Smith, his whole career, he has been the safe black actor. In the same way that Morgan Freeman has and Denzel Washington has, everybody knows who Will Smith is, and all of his movies are terrible. I'm gonna say it. They're terrible. He only has three good movies. It's King Richard concussion and men in black the first one all the rest of his movies aren't that great i like wild wild west but it has like 30 percent of raw tomatoes so like look you know look honestly well, the, review, the reviewers are wrong like i <laughs> you know, should i think that reviewers like actually had good but, opinions and yeah but then disenchantment dropped and they're like eh, we just wanted medieval futurama <laughs> yeah and i'm like you know what maybe Maybe I was right. When the when Rotten Tomatoes hates all of your favorite childhood movies, that's when you know that these people don't know anything. Like, how can you hate the Sister Act, the first and the second one? How can you hate it? It's got too much soul. <laughs> these white people, they they're like, oh, these people are harmonizing. Absolutely not. Absolutely they're not. Using, they're using the devil's chords. Oh no, I like my basic, you know, Taylor Swift white woman voices, where she can't even get to like. That's what they like, you know what I mean? And, like, also, Will Smith spending his entire career being this safe black actor, it hasn't... I don't think his career has been undone. I don't think he can't recover from this. He's still a rich man, and he has his own production company, and he can make as much money in a movie in, like, an Instagram reel or, like, in his YouTube videos. You know, he still has productions and stuff in the works at Netflix, and so does Jada as well. So... It's not the end of his career. Eventually, plus, he's going to back bounce back. Plus, 
if even if he may even if he doesn't bounce back, he's still gonna be black people famous. He didn't pull a Terry Crews, so he'll be Oh my gosh. The way that Terry Crews I will never get over the fact that Gabrielle Gabrielle Union literally spoke out about how she was disrespected on America's Got Talent and Terry Crews decided to go and do a little jig even though it was black women supporting him namely gabrielle who is also a sexual assault survivor openly and loudly supporting him and he can't do the same thing for her because he wants to keep it back sir you are terry cruz you can get another job in another week okay like literally you do not need to host america's got talent you can get another job that pays more and on a better network and then just to add insult to injury he decided to do the whole i'm gonna reclaim reclaim the term coon thing Oh my gosh, sir! What are we doing here? You know, I, I'm just saying that we should we should really rename him to Terry Krells. There, there are no more W's. We can't we can't talk we can't acknowledge Terry Crews anymore. Like, like I, like you were my favorite part of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Besides the fact that it's a cop show, I just couldn't watch it anymore. Look, honestly, I think that Brooklyn Nine Nine doesn't really paint cops in a good light. Honestly, like. <laughs> It's a show about cops, but yeah. it doesn't really say anything good about the cops. Yeah. Like, oh, they're funny, and Jake Peralta, he does little jokes and stuff like that. It's like, okay, so showing us that there are cops who are incompetent in the in, in the department, and they keep their jobs, even though they mess up every single time. Okay, Yeah, most, that's cool. most cops are like Scully and uh, what's-his-face. Yeah, Scully and Dirk? Hitchcock. 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 Why'd I say Dirk? I don't know, but you're right. Most cops are like that. You know, uh, and it's also not cool when like you see Brooklyn Nine Nine fans posing in front of NY- NYPD cars and like wearing the NYPD jackets. Like the NYPD spends like way too much money settling cases against its own department. I- I'm sorry. We investigated ourselves. We found ourselves innocent. I. It's not. I don't know what's clicking for you guys. I don't know what's clicking. I don't know why it's not clicking. I passed the building that they use for um exterior shots on my bike. And hmm. I don't but, uh, and, like, I honestly can't imagine unironically posing with cops. It's kind of cringe. Yerp. Alright. Well, guys, we've talked about the things. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get into the Umbrella Academy. Let's start... With the ring. With... <laughs> so we're going to start off with Season 1. Season 1. Alright, the Umbrella Academy is a Netflix show inspired by a comic series written by Gerard Way of uh, My Chemical Romance which we love for him, and Gabriel Ba. In 1989, 43 children were born with superpowers, seven of which were adopted by a mysterious billionaire named Reginald Hargreaves. Raised by the strict and abusive Reginald and a kind, caretaking robot Grace and a dapper, walking, talking primate named Pogo, the seven Hargreaves children are forged into a dysfunctional superhero team called the Umbrella Academy. And instead of calling them by their names... He called them by numbers, ranked by their usefulness. So they spent most of their adolescence being superheroes, saving the world. They got famous. They used their father's fortune. You know, da-da-da-da, all that stuff, you know. And then one of their siblings disappeared. One of their siblings tragically dies. And the kids come to the terms that, you know what? Let's not do this anymore. So they go their separate ways. Uh, Luther, who's the oldest, I believe, is the only person that stays with his father, but then his father shifts him off to the moon because he's annoying and needy and clingy and, like, it's hilarious how, like, Luther is perceived as the most useful, 
but he's the least loved. Well, I yeah. Mean, you want to love a tool? Do you want to put passion with it? When it's from you using it too much? That's a child. He adopted children. Like but to be fair, to be fair, Hargreaves is a spoiler. Yeah. Are are we going all? Are we going full spoiler or no? We are, because we're talking about the show, like, season one through three, so. The fact that, like, there are so many things that happened in season one that I was like, by the time we watched season, by the time I watched season two, I forgot most of the stuff happened in season one. The thing I remember was that Victor, who we will be referring to Elliot's character, Victor, um, Victor basically went all white violin, and then they were turning into children as they were, like, time traveling. So I was like, oh, when we see them again, they'll be kids right but i guess that was scrapped because in season two they, <laughs> they were in 1963 it's simple it's it's all a bunch of wibbly wobbly timey whiny stuff <laughs> oh, honestly gosh. like the first the first class twist that i saw i was like entirely unsurprised like when they like when they're like oh yeah victor has no powers i was like uh, you sure about that I was like, like immediately, first thing off the bat, I was thinking. So what you're saying is that Victor Number Seven is the, actually the most powerful of them all. The thing is, is that like there were forty children, forty three children adopted. If Victor really didn't have any powers, knowing how abusive and how like rude and mean Reginald was, he would have just dropped Victor off at a fire fire station and got exactly. another kid. Wait, I, um, let me see. He adopted seven out of forty three. That is, wait, no. Are you actually doing math right yes, now? I'm actually doing math. <laughs> oh, oh, my brain! Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, hang on, hang on. He got 16.3% of the children. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was obvious that, like, there is something else going on with Victor. I do want to say, this is one little gripe I had about season one. It's probably small and, like, not important. But I don't like the fact that, at the time... Elliot was not Elliot, so when, you know, they had a boyfriend, I was like, we know them as the most well-known queer celebrity. Why are they in a heterosexual relationship? What are, did I not, did I miss something? Hello? What's up here? What's going on? Like, I was like, like, this is a literal person who is not straight, so can I have somebody who is uh, on the same, like... It was just like, of course, it didn't really matter in the end because the person, he died, like Howard died. But like, y'all could have given me something, you know? There's one black person in this show, hello, and one Asian person that we barely see. And someone who doesn't really talk. I'm tired of silent Asian American characters. It happened in Origins of New Black. It's happened in this show. We do hear Justin Min sometimes, but not it a lot. It happened in The Boys. The Boys! Oh my gosh! I... I haven't even finished season three of The Boys. I am going to, but like it's not even done yet. The finale drops tomorrow. Y'all piss me off. All right, like let the people speak. Pen Fifteen should not be the only show with a main Asian American character who has lines and a full character development. What's going on? Hi. Do I have to wait for Crazy Rich Asians too? The only thing, the thing about like what you call about Kimiko and the boys is that, at the very least, they do flesh out her character and like big and like they do like even though like she's she doesn't speak she like they use the sign language so that's like that kind of like mitigates it a bit mm-hmm. and uh, 
Also, I'm just gonna say this right now. This is like way off topic, but MM is definitely my favorite character. Excuse me. MM is truly the heart of the show. Like, I know there are people who like Dewey, but like the nerdy, skinny white guy who is like da 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 whatever. Like he's falling into the nice guy syndrome where he's been been good for like so many seasons, and now he's kind of like taking hold of his dark side, which like I'm okay with. You know, good and bad is not easily defined, and everyone's morally gray, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of like the whole ethos and theme of the boys. But, you know, Mother Milk really is, like, the funniest, strongest, most dynamic. Yeah. And I'm going to say this right now. I need more black actors who are more known for, like, black films to be put in TV shows like The Boys. That way they can, like just break out into, like, a wider-known mainstream audience. That's what I need. That's what I want. That's what I want for us. You know what I mean? Like, Morris Chestnut, Michael Ely, please stop making Michael Ely a chef or a stalker. Please. Make him a teacher. (laughs) Give him a different role. Please. This landscape man could do something else. I promise. Watch Watch them make him a culinary arts teacher. Oh, my gosh. At least... At least let Tay Diggs play a role where he doesn't have to wear an ugly fedora. Like, he was good to set it up on Netflix. Like, I want more roles like that, you know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There are other black actors besides Kevin Hart and The Rock, who isn't black. But some of you people think he is. Isn't he half black? Is he? Yeah. Okay. Do you think it's interesting how The Rock, in every single film he pl- he's in, his wife is always white. He His love interest is always white women. He's Republican. I think he's centrist. He's a centrist Republican. Mm. Those are the most annoying ones. So I think that I think that he might be less Republican than he were. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of Republicans are less Republican than they were before. Because you kind of need some to Some of be. them are more Democrat and some of them are more fascist. But, you know, every Republican is less Republican before. <sighs> yeah. If he's really serious and about this... running for office, I'm going to have to wait and see about that. And thus, J.J. begins his his political career. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. That's yeah. so funny. Did I just become a politics streamer? Oh, oh no. Hassan better watch yeah. out. See, here's the thing about Hassan. He's... What? He, he's alright, but I'm I'm funnier. Hmm. I look better. Um. Also, my Twitter tweets are funnier. I am going to say, your Twitter tweets are also funnier. Hassan just gives me, like obviously very much left-leaning politician and then got very rich and started doing rich boy things and people were all like how can you be taking part in this kind of like bourgeoisie stuff if you don't like rich people and then getting offended that people are mad it's like yeah but you're kind of betraying your platform that you stood on and got popular off i'm just saying you know you could just you could just say you like rich things now you could just be like i don't i don't necessarily agree I think that there's not there isn't really any shame in being left minor things and right. if like you earn like because like it's like stuff that he's earned from actually laboring it's like basketball players they get paid but they get paid for their labor it's not like they're sitting around I mean they are kind of sitting around running things a lot of them but like in terms of the contracts they're like just sitting around like the NBA is honestly one of the finer examples of labor power that we have in the United States believe how did we get like, here. <laughs> How did we get here? I might need medication. It's fine. We could get back to the Umbrella Academy. Okay, 
So, Umbrella Academy, um, Reginald Hardgreave dies. The family reunites for his funeral. Um, they discover his monocle is missing, which means Luther's now setting out to investigate his death. Because Luther thinks he was on the moon for some reason. And Luther is the leader, so everyone has to follow him and listen to him. And Five comes back to stop the apocalypse, which is happening in a week? Ten days. Eight days. Eight days. It's happening in eight days, and he's 58 years old, but he's in his... 13-year-old body. 13-year-old body, yeah. One thing about a show with an apocalypse, like, as the finale, they're going to spend way too much time doing absolutely nothing in regards to stopping the apocalypse, and then, like, a day before, they're going to realize everything you need to know in exposition, because that's just how it works. That's just how it works. Turn it into a slice of life. Huh? Like, honestly, when I, like, found out that it was, like, oh, the end of the world is in eight days, and, like, I saw that it was ten episodes, I was like, oh, oh, so they're they're gonna really slow walk through things, huh? And have a few episodes to take place in the past, most of them in the future. It's like, cool. Awesome. Great. We'd love to see it. Alright. <laughs> so, Reginald dives, five comes back after missing for 16 years. Um, he talks about the apocalypse. He got married to a mannequin named Dolores. Um, he works for, he works as an assassin for the commission with the handler. The commission is a time traveling organization dedicated to ensuring that the timeline stays on track. Specifically, they use time traveling briefcases to assassinate any outliers throughout history who might derail the apocalypse. Five serves out much of his contract but escapes early using his powers to jump back to his family, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the commission sets assassins to kill him, and that doesn't work. I'd have to say, like, when Netflix decides to use their money wisely, they really do use it wisely. Because that scene yeah. in the diner is so good. Also, I want to say this, because this is one of my little, like, this is one of my little annoyances with season one of the Umbrella Academy People always talk about how, like, there are such good shows on Netflix, but Netflix does a terrible job of promoting them. And then, like, people who work for Netflix and who are on Twitter want to respond and be like, how are we, how are we, uh, like, how are we bad at promoting shows? Explain to us. Let us know. The Umbrella Academy had billboards on busy highways, had street signs, had bus signs. Y'all had commercials, ads. All these pushing the show, a show that nobody knew what it was about. People had no clue what the show was about. And it became a hit and a sensation because you pushed the show. Because you used great marketing, great designs, great advertising, in all aspects of media to get people to watch the show. And if you did this with other shows that people don't really know about, like The Seven Lives of Leah or Queen's Gambit before it got popular because people like chess now, like, if you use that, utilize that wisely with a lot of the shows you had people would stay on your platform and then maybe you wouldn't be canceling all these shows left and right. All right? Canceling these shows for viewership mem- numbers, but people are not don't know about the show. And even the shows that are good and people watch and are critically acclaimed, you still cancel them anyways. Like Archive 81. I'm so mad about that. I love that show. Honestly, I that's the thing about Netflix originals. Anytime like, I start getting into them, I'm like, oh. Because I have a feeling <laughs> that I'm getting to the end and it's not going to get reviewed. Because, like, it, it happened with, this isn't, like, a Netflix original, but it happened with, like, an internet book series I was reading. Have you ever heard of the Death Worlders? No, I have not. Okay, so, basically, what happened is, right, 
there's an entire thriving galactic civilization out there besides humanity, and they mm-hmm. like they like rank worlds by their um, hospitality to life, right? And so it's on a scale one through ten, and anything above ten is considered a death world. And like, oh, sentient life cannot evolve on these planets. Blah blah blah. Earth is a Earth is a level twelve, right? So oh. it turns out that humans are bigger, badder, stronger, tougher than most of the galaxy. And uh, that's a that's about it that I can give you as a teaser, right? And so what happens is that it has been running for like eight years. Hmm. There are eighty-seven chapters. They release the guy who writes it released one on the thirtieth of every single month. Oh, including April. I started reading it in April. The last entry was <laughs> dropped in April. Oh, wow. Wherever, wherever that. I I think he had a kid. That's my guess. But like. Internet demands content. <laughs> but look, I made you some content. Daddy made you your favorite open wide. Here comes some content. The fact that he dropped the um outtakes for that little special he did, and people were like frothing at the mouth for it. I'm sitting here like, y'all need to calm down. This is a white man. Honestly, like, I watched Inside, and I was like, eh. I mean, I'm not okay. gonna lie. I loved Inside when I first watched it. I loved it. I thought it was a masterpiece. I thought it was amazing because I love Bo Burnham. But of course, with love for white men comes people getting you in your seat and educating you on how these men are trash. And Bo Burnham is not exempt from it, even though he is a very talented writer and singer rapper thing. He still has a sordid past. That he tried to apologize for in the song, Are You Gonna Hold Me Accountable? Hold Me Accountable. Sir, you're singing in a shed. Alright, maybe you need to do some self-reflection and issue an apology. Don't ask us to cancel you and get you trending on Twitter. That's in not fairness, my job. I think that he's done... I think that he's done some uh, some soul-searching and, like, evolution. Because, like, I remember I was watching and there was the bit about with Sako. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know... This is a this is a surprisingly accurate take on the nature of these online interactions. Hmm. But like also when there's a creator, I like honestly try not to look into what they've done because <laughs> I know I'm gonna be I know I'm gonna be disappointed. Right. Like I how do you think I watch YouTubers? Like I, I don't look them up. I know I'm gonna be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I just know. It's a uh, like some like I once said that like if you just stop watching people who aren't racist you not gonna have anybody to watch and i hate that i was accurate when i said that JJ. it's not entirely true i was exaggerating for a fact okay there's there's a lot i've found plenty of people on youtube to watch that have never been any kind of ignorant but that's mainly because most of them are like uh commentary youtubers or they don't have twitter so yeah see yeah, I mean, I guess I'm built different. I used to be a commentary... I used to be have a commentary channel, and I'm on Twitter, and I'm not racist. Hmm. No prejudice. I'm, I'm just funny. Nice. Y'all should, y'all should totally follow me, by the way. You should I totally think. follow JJ on Twitter, y'all. The, the, the link will be in the description. Yay, I love fucking <laughs> Alright. Um, gosh, there's so much that happens in season one. Okay, long story short, Victor causes the apocalypse, right? And basically, they had to try and stop Victor. They thought that Victor didn't have powers. Turns out he does. And found out that Allison was the person that told him 
I heard a rumor that you were ordinary, thus creating a lifetime of low self-esteem and doubting. And that was also impacted and that was also amplified by his father's abusive nature. And so, you know, things go south. Things get bad. Um, they try to stop Victor. They thought that they stopped the apocalypse. They thought that they had averted it. Turns out they had actually caused it by trying to stop it. And then at the very last minute, Five tries to save them and makes them jump through time. That takes us to season two, where we were in 1963 in Dallas, I believe. And right. we find out that they time jump successfully, but they're all in different um, times when they jump. So uh, they're all in 1963. No, not all in nineteen sixty three. Nineteen sixty through nineteen sixty three. Yeah. Five gets there November twenty fifth, nineteen sixty three, when the apocalypse happens happens. I'm trying to see where the rest of them jumped. It's in my notes, hold on. Okay. Right. So Claus and Ben, his ghost companion, find themselves in nineteen sixty. Claus becomes a guru. He creates a cult called Destiny's Children because white gay men love 90s groups especially the ones with black women he tells his followers don't go chasing waterfalls stick to the rivers and streams like you you you're used to um he also goes to find dave who from season one klaus time jumped it seemed like a split second but he was gone for a year and he met a guy named dave and they fall in love but he died in vietnam so now he's in 19th he now he's trying to find dave and convince him not to enlist because you will die uh allison arrives in 1961 alone she's black so obviously the 60s are not great she finds a very loving husband she becomes a civil rights leader that's amazing luther appears in 1962 um he's sad because he's alone again he spent years on the moon he becomes a boxer working for jack ruby who goes on to murder lee harvey oswald who killed jfk diego is in diego arrives in september 1st 1963 he believes he's supposed to save JFK, but of course that lands him in a mental hospital where he meets Lila, who is the quirky, manic, pixie dream girl that like falls in love with him. They have like a enemies kind of lovers kind of thing going on. Ah, my favorite two tropes. <laughs> tropes. Victor hmm. appears in October 12th, 1963 with amnesia, gets hit by a car, becomes a live-in nanny, um... Eventually falls in love with the person who he is taking care of, Sissy, and Harlan, who is a young boy who I believe is autistic, or on the spectrum at least. And uh, then there is Five, transported to November 25th, 1963, where the world has gone into nuclear war with Russia. And Hazel, who survived the apocalypse of season one because he fell in love with the donut lady and he had a traveling beef- the time-traveling briefcase with him. Chacha died, unfortunately, which is really sad because I love the fact that Mary J. Blige is in this show. Another thing, <laughs> that's another thing about season one. The amount of people on TikTok, the amount of young people on TikTok who are like, did you know Chacha from Umbrella Academy made music? Ah! No. The way I was ready I to say. You know, I increasingly find myself putting on the trapping. You see, when I'm no, it's because they're white. It's because they're of, white. How do younger, you... more ignorant generations? You don't know who Mary J. Blige is. I feel disappointment 
I feel shame. Mary J. Blige? For them? I feel I feel oh! the years setting in. Oh! Oh! I, I, the vocalist? The legend? The icon? Every day I am happier and happier that I do not have a TikTok. I love TikTok even though it does not love me. <laughs> like, my brother has been trying to convince me to get one for a long time. I mean, it's all fun. It's fun. I'm told. I'm I'm going to be honest, like, I don't know how you can not know who Mary J. Blige is. Look, I... I live under a rock with armor plating, and I know who Mary J. Blige is. <sighs> Our queen. Our queen. There was also a trend going on on TikTok with um, the song Bills, Bills, Bills by Disney's Child, and then following that was a bunch of white girls being like, Beyonce was in a girl band? She was in a girl group? Did you guys know that she was in one girl group? That followed through years and years. Did you know that Beyonce has been stepping on the necks of the girls in this industry before some of your fans were born? You love Dua Lipa? Beyonce was on stages, selling on stadiums, winning awards, while Dua Lipa was a child. Dua Lipa was raised. Dua Lipa listened to Destiny's Child as a, as a child. Okay? Don't ever, don't ever, please. Every day. White children on TikTok find something new to read. Listen, this is another thing I want to say. This is a tangent, but I'm just going to say this. I Listen, Beyonce is coming out with a new album on the 29th. Y'all got to get ready. I do not care what you have to say about the album. All, we have to, all I have to say is that Beyonce has been able to stay talented, relevant, getting better and better every single year revered, loved, admired, and adored from the time she really stepped into the spotlight until now. She's Beyonce. That word, be like, Beyonce? Beyonce? Do you not know who Beyonce? Like, literally, this album, I don't, I know some people didn't like Everything is Love, and like, not everybody listened to um, Black is King. Black is King was a great album, by the way, and also the special on Disney Plus was amazing, and if you didn't watch it, you're missing out on a cultural event, because that's what it was. Beyonce coming back and giving us bops and dance music and going to dance hall and giving us, like, house music and all that, we love it, we love to see it, and I honestly, like, you can say whatever you want to say, no one has the career of Beyonce, no one has the power she holds, no one has the talent she holds, no one has the drive that she has, the work ethic she has, the talent that she has. I don't care about streaming numbers, I don't care about your Billboard Awards or American Music Awards, I don't care about all of that. She is a legend. We are living in a time and an era where there's a legend that walks among us. And y'all did not take the time to appreciate Whitney when she was here, you did not take the time to appreciate Prince while he was here, you did not take the time to appreciate Michael when he was here, despite the fact that, you know, there are some things about Michael. But Beyonce, I will take the time to appreciate her and all that she has done. All right. Write the thing pieces you want to write. Say what you want to say. All right. I have things to say about her husband too. But, you know, that's Beyonce. And that's it. So as a paraphrase, <clears throat> it's about drive. It's about power. <laughs> no. We devour put in the work put in the hours and stop and other affirmations <laughs> I bet uh, you're wondering what's wrong with me I don't know yet uh, okay alright let's get to season 2 of Umbrella Academy um we were on season 2 yes mentioned we were, you were at the death of Cha Cha right and then Mary J Blige 
I remember. I remember. Okay. And white children ruining everything. Oh, gosh. So, season two of Umbrella Academy. Um, right. Five comes back. He tells them that the world's going to end again. And for the most part, like, they don't care. Because, like, so what if the world ends? So what? And I do have to say... I'm going to say, season two is one of the better seasons of the Umbrella Academy. Usually the second season is the better season of TV shows, you know? Yeah. Because they... I finished the first season. They laid down the groundwork. They laid down the story and everything. You have the backstory. You know what's going on. And, and you got Greenland. They've like, they're, like, working together and they have a better idea of where they're going. And they all understand their powers. And they're all more, like, whole-ass people. And... I'm going to say this right now, just, oh my gosh, I, I was fighting out through like an in-order recap that never really happens on this podcast, we just kind of go with the flow, when my son, Justin Min, started to dissipate in Vanya's mind, I cried real tears, I cried real tears, because... It's always the characters that don't talk enough, don't get enough lies, and are in the show a lot, that are the most beloved, and it's always the ones that want to throw away. It's always the ones that want to hurt. It's always the ones that want to take away from us. And I don't understand why you have to hurt me so. I already have enough to deal with with seeing that little boy almost drowning and then Vanya accidentally giving him her psychic powers, okay? That was hard enough for me. Seeing Sissy fall in love with Vanya, that was hard enough, Victor, falling in love with me, that was hard. But to see Justin Min slowly disappear, like the Thanos snap all over again, y'all piss me off. Stop. Stop. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Alright, um, the assassination of JFK still happened. I find it strange that Diego was, like, so, so focus on like saving jfk i was like all right i guess we really like the new deal i don't know what's going on here i mean can you blame him i really like the new deal even though it wasn't that great for black people what i missed that deal Mm. you weren't even alive for the dlc art your point is (laughs) um jfk uh ben getting ben possessing uh, klaus i wish that was something they did earlier because it would have been cool to see if Klaus could then have the tentacle arms through Ben's powers. But, you know, I, there's, the fact that we get to see Justin Min as a care as a real person in season three is great. Is he a little meanie? Yeah. But who cares? Who cares? We're here for fun. You know what I mean? Um, you know what that kind of, like, kind of reminds me of? What? Whatchamacallit. So you remember, you, have, you watched The Flash, the CW one? I know what it is. Yeah, uh, so basically, there's this character, Cisco, right, at the start. Oh, of the I love Cisco. He's a super nice guy. We we like him, right? And then, like, and like I remember I skipped a couple seasons ahead, and I was like, what the heck? Cisco is mean now. I don't hmm. like this shit. Like, character development is cool and all, but, like, he just, he became mean. Why? Sometimes the writers are like, let's try something incredibly different and, like, out of place, and let's see what happens. Let's just try it out. Let's just do whatever. And, you know, the CW, I feel like the CW recycles some of their writers. Because there has to be something in the water, in the air. There's got to be something in the coffee at that place. How are all the shows the same? How are all these, um, how is all this happening? They probably go into the writer's room and they're like, big book of CW policies. 
in the big book of CW scripts, and it's literally just Mad Libs. I'm glad the Riverdale's ending. And I know Lily Reinhardt is happy about it, too. She's like, I'm gonna run off. She does not want to do Lifetime movies. I feel like Lily Reinhardt is gonna try and go the Zendaya route, where, like, you started with safe options, and now you say yes to, like, the most wild stuff that comes across your desk. Like, yeah, she's in Spider-Man, but she was also in Malcolm Memory, which... In my opinion, she shouldn't have been cast in it because how are you in a show where you play a teenager and now you're in a movie where you're supposed to be 32? Babe, it doesn't make sense. It's not clicking. Also, she's 20. She's like close to my age. She's like 24, 23. And John David Washington is like 38. So the age difference, like in Hollywood back then, it made sense because like in a way, those actresses kind of look the same, but also like what's going on? That's it's a this a, I know black don't crack, but I don't it 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 like it don't not crack like that, you know. Like Nicole Bahari would have been a better casting choice, but for some reason Sam Levison sees Zendaya as like his muse, and I'm a bit concerned. Like Zendaya, I love you, but like babe, when you stop hanging out with that white man, I'm ready for all the details. Cause the way that like Cat was treated. And now, like, Cindy Sweetie was uncomfortable with some of the scenes, which I would be too, because the amount of times I've seen her titties on that show is uncomfortable. And, like, just some of the way some of the actors on this show are just like, yeah, it's a great show, but, like, also, like, Sam, what the frick are we doing? Like, what's going on? Like, there's a reason why Sora Reed just stands at the end of the hallway and just cries. Because her parents are like, no, you're not doing that. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, it's not... Ugh... Yeah, Euphoria. Coming back 2024. Honestly, I feel like people, like Euphoria fans, are kind of like Big Mouth fans in a way. I'm gonna be honest and say that Big Mouth is not. I tried watching Big Mouth like season one, and then I. I I was honestly I was genuinely trying to be like people like this show. They talk about the show highly. They they recommend it to me. They say the show is great. They say it's interesting. And like John Mulaney, Nick Crow for a while, I was like, okay, I see what people like about them. I'm gonna give it a shot. But season one, I just didn't get into it. And I see like why it was kind of like it was seeming re- seemingly realistic to how like young people were at that age. But also, why was John really? Mulaney's character yeah. so weird? I, honestly, I just don't like Big Mouth. It's like it's so weirdly obsessed with like the sex lives of early teenagers and like. There's more to puberty than like boners. Yeah, like having that it, one character that Jason Matukas was playing, where like he fell in love with the rug, voiced by Kristen Bell, was not easy for me to watch. Why is Veronica Mars a cum stained bath rug? Why is this happening? Apparently, it was funny to someone, not me though. I did not enjoy that. I also, like, Kristen Bell, I love her. But she's also what? an actress that, like, Veronica Mars and then, uh, 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 what was that show? With the Liars? With the Lying Show? With Don Cheadle? House of Lies! He, she did Veronica Mars and then House of Lies, which is very adult. Like, at one point she was, like, naked on the show. And I was like, oh, we're going this way. And then she was on, uh, The Good Place, which was a great show. And she deserved an Emmy for that show. I mean, I do have thoughts about The Good Place, which I've talked about a lot. But, like, you know, she's also an actress who's like, let me do something safe and then do something crazy and then do something safe. It's like, okay, babe, do whatever you want. But also, I wish you would divorce your husband because he's annoying and mean to you. And I don't like him. 
I don't like him, uh, and I don't like I don't like his podcast, and I don't like that so many people listen to his podcast too. What's so interesting about this man? Huh? He's been on one TV show. What do y'all like about this man? What is it? Maybe he just has a voice. He also, doesn't guys, have a captain voice. Don't worry about my shoulders. I'm I'm clearly wearing a tube top. JJ, don't lie to the people. What? I... Don't lie to the people. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll <laughs> lie to them in Among Us. Okay. <laughs> I haven't played Among Us in so long. We need to get some like streamer friends together. We do. We do. I will make a very fun video out of it, probably. We need to do that. We should try it next Saturday and get that going. I am unfortunately not free on a Saturday. Maybe a Sunday? Sunday works for me. Do you want to do it this Sunday? No, this Sunday I'm out of town. Okay, next Sunday then. Yeah. We gotta we gotta plan this. Oh yeah. I gotta send like I gotta send like twenty different DMs on Discord and then have like three people say yes and everyone else say no and some people say maybe. Unfortunately my main streamer man stopped streaming because of uh yeah, but, you know, he's okay now. We're glad that he's okay. Yeah. Uh, we're very glad that he's okay. I mean, when he left Twitter, I was like, oh, okay. I get it. I get it. And Step like one, just log off. <laughs> I mean... I say that, but yeah. then I have 1,195 tweets. I say um, that, but I'm part of a group chat of, like, film nerds. So when they start talking, I read the group chat like it's a morning paper. I'm like, oh yeah, let's get into the tea. Let's get into the goss. You're like, yeah. You can't see them, but there are tweets. Yeah. Oh, something else you should do real quick, just like as another break in the middle. Uh, you should rate my Spotify playlist. I have um updated it. <laughs> you saw it. It's gotten a few more oh. hours on it. Some. Send it was like eight. Send it to yeah, me on Discord, and then I'll just, like, review it right here. All right, there you go. There you go. Okay, good. The embed, you have to, like, open it in Spotify, though, because, like, the embed only does 100 tracks, and there are 209 songs. Right. Let me see. All right, got it. Let's see. Vibey music songs to drive home at night. I put us here. Okay. I love it when... I love listening to new music. I really do. I really do love it. I have plenty of it. Okay. All the stars. Ultralight Beam. Ultralight Beam. I used to be obsessed with that song. I... Let me tell you something. A lot of people don't read this off of me. Because, like, I'm a very, like, shy, quiet person. And some people say I have a bubbly personality. Like, I can be extroverted when I want to. And I'm also mm -hmm. very nerdy. I... <laughs> I am such a huge Kanye fan. Like, when I tell you, I, like, his music, I listen to it so much. I'm not gonna lie. When I tried to listen, I tried listening to, um, the Ye album. I was like, oof, I don't know about this, my guy. I don't get to come, I have to circle back to it. But Kitsy Ghost? Oh my gosh, Kitsy Ghost. I listen to Fourth Dimension every day. Like, Fourth Dimension and Cuddy Montage, I listen to it every day. Everyone loves Reborn. I'm like, that's for the Kid Cudi fans that are, like, really... The Reborn is for the Kid Cudi fans who love to say, Kid Cudi saved my life. Like, I get it. I get it. But, like, also, like, y'all need to calm down. That's kind of cringy. Yeah, it's kind of... It's kind of cringy. My, fav my favorite Kanye song of all time is probably Through the Wire. I miss the old Kanye. I miss the old Kanye. Shout out to dumb Kanye. <laughs> uh, yes, that was, it, it was a true statement and a perfect setup. Yeah. I remember listening to that song 
and it was just like acapella, and I was just like, oh, Kanye. Oh my gosh. My that friend. That song was so Kanye. <laughs> I also like watching. Oh my gosh. I need to do a podcast about his documentary. I need to. Because I haven't watched the whole thing through, because I know if I do, I cr- I'll cry. Because, like, it's so strange how connected I feel to Kanye. I'm very shy and I'm very quiet as a person. And Kanye is someone who's very loud and boisterous. And he's, like, arrogant. And he just says how he feels. And he just doesn't care what other people... Well, obviously he cares. But, like, he just says how he feels. And, like, he's just, like, very, like, out there. And so I just, like, I kind of, like, identified with him and, like, his arrogance. And, like, I thought, like, he's an interesting role model to have. Because when you watch this documentary and you watch, like the confidence that he had and the confidence his mom had in him and then like her passing obviously affected him deeply and like of course there are thoughts that people have about like grief mental health and like men men clinging to their mothers and like female figures in their life and like how that affects them and stuff like that but like truly 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 the fact that like Kanye set his mind out, literally set his mind out to be one of the greatest musicians of all time. And he became that. And, of course, wanting to become the greatest, one of the greatest designers. And people see him as that, even though I, you will not catch me wearing Yeezus clothes because it's too expensive. And also, like, I'm sorry, King. If, it's just not for look, me. If, if I wanted to look like I slept on the streets, I would go sleep on the streets. Having your wife model your clothes does not make me want to wa- wear them more. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't like her. I don't like her. But, like, at the... Like, with everything going on with Kanye, and, like, it's just, it's, it's like, I love your music, I love your sound, I love the work you make, if you could, I do, but, like, if you could stop writing, stop writing bars about how you're not gonna go to therapist, Kanye, like, please, please, Kanye, like, the way, why is it that every single person around you says, Kanye needs to get help, and yet y'all are letting him live in Wyoming on that ranch with ATVs and movies playing in the background, and him trying to make music. Like, I think really? it's because he's like he's rich enough to be able to be surrounded by people who just who just enable. Also, like if you're someone who works with somebody and they're doing all this stuff, I know I'm the kind of person where I'm like, that's his business. That's not my business. I'm here to drop off these bars. I'm here. Send my engineer the sound, and I'll rap over it, and then send me the check, and then that's it. He had to mind the best it pays. Yeah. Also, like, one other thing about, like, my playlist is that... See if you can see where, like, the vibes is, like, completely changing stuff. I love how, like, you have Joji and, like, Chance the Rapper, like, all his soft songs. Like, Same, Drugs, Summer Friends. You have Ultralight B, which is, like, one of the saddest songs I've ever heard. But also, like, it's so beautiful and I love it so much. And then we get to, like, Get Lucky... There's literally Eleanor Rigby, which is one of the saddest songs ever made. And then the only Beatles song I like. <laughs> and then you have Power, Runaway, Day and Night, Day and Night. I toss a on his seat of mine. Best interest, love best interest. Um, all right, I see some songs that look like EDM, some old uh, school. Yeah, ch- Carnival through beaches. I see Pop Smoke. Okay, I see some old school Doja. We'd love to see it. Rich Brian. Uh-huh. Okay, we're going to need to Tyler, the creator. Joji. Yep, pink guy. Okay. All right, we're going to old school Drake. Uh-huh. All right. Okay, Fugees. Um, Notorious B.I.G. and Akon? Okay. I've been meaning to get rid of that one song. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, okay. Yep, we're getting to some more Childish Gambino. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Childish Gambino recently um, interviewed himself in Interview Magazine. How did you feel about that? Because I thought it was like, how did you feel about it? Like that and like him sitting in front of the Taco Bell with that weird diaper looking thing. Like, what were your thoughts, JJ, as a black man? Honestly, the way I see it, uh, let me see. I'm not sure how the best way to put it is. I like, you know, I think that he, he's just going to do what whatever the heck he's going to do. I'm sure that like I'm sure that he's um he's got an idea. It's like interviewing what's his name Eric Andre. Mm-hmm. Don't really get a bead down on whether or not he's putting on a show for you or not. And uh, honestly, I think that's kind of cool. It's sort of a thing that I aspire to in my content. Like like when I like make videos or like I'm on stream, I'm sort of playing a character that's loosely based on me. But like and so I think that it's kind of it's like sort of the same thing. Like if you know me, you know what's a joke. If you don't you're not gonna be able to tell him there's like there's fun in being ridiculous the art of it if that makes sense mm-hmm. like in my upcoming videos there's a lot of lines in the script about my scripts about being egotistical and like oh that's my job i'm a youtuber and it's like it's like this self-awareness and so i think that it's i just think that it's like it's a fun bit of art to be like yeah i'm gonna play a character loosely based that's like sort of based on myself if that makes sense that does make sense Man, um, that clip is going to come back and haunt me during the live, <laughs> isn't it? I would just say, Donald Glover just gives me, like, you know, those black nerds are like, black girls didn't like me, and, like, white girls loved me, so they just kind of, like, base their personality off of that, and, like, I love, like, I like no, his, sorry, go ahead. I yeah. love Donald Glover and, like, Atlanta, his music, but, of course, every single... Pro- like, part of his personality seeps through, especially in his earlier music, and, like, in Atlanta sometimes. Like, obviously he heard the criticism that, like, the Zazie Beats character was only seen as a love interest and not really, like, as a person, and he fleshed her out more and brought her in more into the seasons, which is great, and she deserves, because she's a great actress, and I love her. But, yeah. also, like, there is one episode of Atlanta where Zazie Beats and her friends went to Drake's house for a party, and there was a girl who saw a white girl and a black guy dating. And then she started antagonizing them and fighting them. And I was just like, this is what black men think black goes through black women's brains when they see interracial couples. And I'm here to tell you, that's not at all the case. Like, Donald, I don't know what's going on in the inner monologue of yours when you walk around with the Asian woman you're in love with. But, like, we don't care. That's okay. Like, you like white girls and Asian girls. That's fine that's fine but like to think that like we have some kind of like vendetta against you because you do not want to date women that look like your mom like no one no one really it's not that deep that's only in your head you know honestly as long as he doesn't turn into dave chappelle i'll i'll be fine with it the thing is is that season one of atlanta is kind of transphobic there are like two episodes in there that are like not good and he tries to like in the second episode he tries to explain it away but at the same time, it's like, this is an explanation, but it's also like, this is like a, a nigga explanation. Like, this explanation you're giving me is like, I see where you're coming from, but also like, you could do better. You know, like, don't, like, Kendrick Lamar using a slur and, and like, dead naming his, like, uh, trans family member or friend, I believe. Two family members, his cousin, his aunt. Mm-hmm. Like, we see that, like, 
he's growing, he's trying to change, but also, like, you could have not done that. Like, the way I see it is, like, yeah, I think that, like, he definitely could have, like, gone without the slurs, but, like, I think that in spite of that, Auntie Diaries is still, like, on the whole, I think it does, it does more help than it harms, but, like, even though it's not exactly my place to say it, I think it, like, it could have been handled better, but mm-hmm. I also think that it's, like, sort of a raw look at some of the things that actually happened. And honestly, for him to be so supportive, I feel like he probably did ask his family members for permission to, like, actually publish the song. So, like, I try, so, like, I hope that that much harm wasn't done by it. But, like, at the same time, I also look at the discourse around it on Twitter, and unfortunately, it's not, like, it's, not, like, most of it, it hasn't been a black people discussion. It's been, like, yeah and like that makes me like honestly whenever i see like that kind of makes me want to immediately defend it just because it's white people some discussions are meant to be in community yeah yeah like they'll be like i don't care about the cultural context and i'm like but it's there yeah Yeah, it's Mm. like you're it's like you're you're missing the the whole entire thing like yeah in one of the discord servers that i mod one person was like just going off about it and uh how taught about like how awful it is etc and somebody came and was like hey let's cool down a bit i yeah. also am of your demographic but there's some context that you're missing i don't care about the context and i'm like i was mm. like i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna touch this with the 10 20 30 40 50 i'm like i'll 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 leave y'all to yeah yeah that's me when people are having conversations about this stuff like in public like i'm so quiet like when you first meet me i would not speak like, literally, my boss the other day was talking about how, like, he thinks the Will Smith slap was planned because Hollywood plans everything and everything's created for drama and things are fake. And I was, like, sitting there eating my lunch and I was like, this is, <laughs> this is an interesting turn to the conversation, but me, I'm not finna say nothing. I'm not finna say nothing. I just got here. I just got here. I just got here. I still don't even know what I'm doing half the time. So y'all need to be dragging me into your conversations. No, 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 Like... I just work here, bro. My boss is very much an Elon Musk fan, so when he finally does hear me talk for more than 10 minutes, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. He's not somebody who's, like, you know, he's he's a nice guy. Like, he's okay with hearing other sides, but he's also but... very much a pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps kind of man. He's very much someone who's, like, if you want something done, you can just do it. If you have anxiety, you can just will it out of you. And I don't know how to tell this man, like... You sure he's not Caribbean? He's Asian-American. Yeah, same thing, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like, he told the story of how his father swam from his hometown in China to Hong Kong and, like, trained to swim for two years just so he could escape communist China. And I was... I, he wasn't telling me the story. But we live in a, we are in a really small office, so if someone's talking, everyone can hear it. So, yeah. of course, I was, like, doing my work, and I heard him tell that story, and I was like, oh, okay, this is a... I used to walk through the to home from the school in the snow, barefoot, with my books held together by a string for 13 miles kind of guy. This is this is the vibe I'm going through. Okay. Okay. Like, all right, bucko. You, like, honestly, this is, like, sort of a hot take that I have, but, like, the way that there is bad blood between the black community and the Asian community... It's really stupid because like we have a lo- we like have a lot of things in common mm-hmm. and like if it wasn't for like model minority stereotyping and like, oh, we shouldn't complain as much we would 
we would have um we would like have like there's just so much common cause that there should be there if like they weren't using communities like a cudgel to roll back civil rights protections and like i don't know that that's just like something i see it's like i don't really see that same amount of common cause between other racial groups but like black people and asian people really should get along way better than they do yeah yeah they should it's a uh... no you're not wrong um we should get back to talk about umbrella academy we have gotten off topic again. Well, the J in JJ stands for tangent. There's not even a J in the word tangent. I know. Wait, yes, there is. It's this it's, it's T A. The J in JJ stands for tangent. All right. It's closer. All right. Let's. We're going back to season two of Umbrella Academy. Um, big things to reveal. Lila, who was the girl that. Five didn't trust and was kind of in love with Diego is the daughter of the handler, adopted daughter. We find out that Lila is one of the kids who also was born with special powers and has Fania's Victor's kind of powers. And turns out that Lila can take people's powers just by being next to them. And uh, the ending, this is why I love season two. Because they stopped the apocalypse. Like, they actually do stop the apocalypse this time. But then, Finally. like, the ending is just as good. Because they're all fighting together. And then, like, they all die. And then the handler... And then the handler dies. And then Five goes back in time to stop it just a second before. And the handler still dies. And blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever. And, uh... This... Wait. Question. Yeah. Does Allison's husband die in the show? Uh, no. I think that, like, he okay. stays behind in the timeline, and then, like, in season three, there's another version. Oh, yeah! Thank goodness! I, I think it's I think it's hilarious how, like, the seasons have alternated between causing and stopping the episode. Mm-hmm. Season three, there was an apocalypse? Yeah, they reset reality. Like, you know oh, Do- yeah! You know how in Doctor Who they have the cracks in time? Mm-hmm. They basically had a rogue one of those, like, reality and they killed my boy Klaus but he came back that's true that's true but I can't believe they killed him like Reginald had no right to leave Klaus alone in that tunnel he had no right Reginald like literally the way that y'all really could just go up to this man and punch him in the face the way that like we y'all he pitched out against each other it's not each other you should be fighting it's the old man I don't care he's an alien we need to take him out all right Knock the daylights out of him. The way if we all worked together and literally took this man out, maybe none of this, maybe we would all be okay. Maybe we would all be okay, you know? Yeah, but, like, you know, it wouldn't be a good drama if people just did the sense. No, let's fight Reginald. Let's all fight him. Let's fight Reggie. Reggie, come outside. Come outside, Reggie. We ain't gonna dump you. Start smoking on that hard grease pack. (laughs) Imagine. Um... I'm trying to make sure there's nothing I missed in season two. I probably missed over a lot of stuff in season two and didn't talk about. It's fine. To be fair, we just yeah, but like you know, no recap, just vibes. Honestly, season two was the best season of Umbrella Academy because season three was way too much going on. There were too many new characters, and the fact that y'all took out one of the characters, like, also what was that thing at the end of season three? The thing um, that was like the time that's cracking the time. What was that thing called? Um, I, I, I know this one. I know this one. Let me look it up. You said I know this. Let me look it up. You can't do this on a test, Reggie. 
No, not Richie. Richie. JJ. Sorry. Sorry, JJ. Oh, Kugelblast. K-U-G-E-L-B-L-A-S-T. Oh, right. Kugelblast. I didn't even look it up. Right. Okay. Um... By having me on the podcast, you kind of just signed yourself up to uh, two and a half hours of tangent. Sorry, but it, it comes in the contract. You know, if, if you read the fine print, uh-huh. stipulation, it's just something about tangents. I'm sorry, I can't really stick to the topic. Maybe I guess I can. I'm just not. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's cool. My neurals are all typical. Let's go. Hey, okay. Uh, season three. Alright, end of season two. Okay. Five. Disarms the handler. The Swede kills the handler. Um, Allison leaves Ray in 1963 after he tells her he has too much work to do. Oh my gosh. We love you, Ray. Um, Victor thinks that he took all his powers from Harlan, but Harlan still has some of his powers. Sissy runs away because, girl, time trouble is too much. Alright, my son almost died in the river. I'm into a... I'm into you. And also, like, girl, this is too much for me. I'm leaving. I'm dipping. You have a good life, though. At least you had, like, a nice, like, you know, one-night stand, you know, after dealing with all the mess that was her ex-husband. I forget his name. We don't care, though. Anyways, um, the Umbrella Academies use another suitcase abandoned by the commission. It's so funny how, like, one of the literally like <laughs> five was like, oh yeah, myself is gonna be in 1963, so I can just go da 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 and da 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 like and the fact that like the suitcase broke when he was going back, I feel like that also created a different timeline for them Probably, going back. Yeah, like there are a real lot of that's that is an alternate timeline because in that timeline the apocalypse would definitely happen, or something would definitely happen, because in season one, five time-traveled away, and they came back, right? I forget. I didn't rewatch season one or season two. I just watched season three, and I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. I'm not good. I don't even... I can't tell you what happened in season three. Apparently, Hargreaves became uh, Bezos, but... Yeah, that actually, that is the ending, I think. He rewrote reality to have extra successful or something. Basically, um, the Hargreaves children go back home to 2019, and once they're back in the mansion, they reveal that Reginald did not die, he's been expecting them, and they meet the Sparrows, and they see that Ben is alongside the Sparrows. So now the Sparrow Academy and the Umbrella Academy are pitted against each other, and a lot of this takes place in Hotel Obsidian, where the original Hargreaves siblings stay after finding themselves in a timeline where they do not exist, because they're birth mothers have passed away um soon after that the gang finds a strange tunnel which is a portal in hotel oblivion excuse me and they find supernatural and deadly warriors reginald leaves them at the reginald leaves class on the other side of the tunnel um white buffalo sweets okay there's just too much that happens in season three like there's so much going on the fact that like um Klaus comes back from the dead, and then, like, Reginald dies. Allison goes to the dark side because her daughter doesn't exist, and she does something terrible because she wants to work with the sparrows, and then she makes a deal with her father, who's awful. Also, guys, this is... (laughs) I feel like we could all come to a consensus 
and say that Luther and Alice's relationship is incest. They are siblings. I don't care that they're adopted. They are family. It is incest. It's weird. It's gross. I'm not okay with it. The cats can dance around it however they want to. She rumored him. Wait. She, wait when? In season three. She rumored Allison rumored. Rewind my memory. Bring it back to me. Bring it back to okay, me. Okay, so basically what had happened was mm-hmm. they, Luther was trying to explain why it, it's not going to work out. He was trying to, and he was like, I think he was like involved with one of the sparrows. Right? Oh my! Said, well, that's not a sibling, it, it, so. Well, isn't yeah. that his sibling? No. They have the same no. father, though. Yeah, but they don't know each other. They didn't, like, grow up together or anything. But that's still his sibling. It's oh like, my gosh, Luther! It's you! It's you! Luther, I know your dad turned you into half a gorilla. Rumored... Sorry, and then she rumored him because... I, I, and it, it, it went. It, it certainly went. Despite him asking... He specifically asked not to do that. And, uh, yeah, that almost went very, very... Listen, 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 listen. Luther, I know that your dad tur- used gorilla DNA to save your life because of a terrible accident. But also, dating your sisters is not cool. It's weirdo behavior. It's not cool, bro. Like, I don't know what's going on with you, man. I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know what's up with you. I don't know what's down with you. I don't know what's left or sideways. I don't know why they're falling for him either. Oh, yeah. The man is, like, the size of a bus. He's literally the size of a bus. Like, how did he have a one-night stand? Remember season one, he had that one-night stand? How would that happen? I truly think he could, like, crush somebody during... He has excellent muscles. Ah, probably. But, like, also, that's that's your brother. And on that terrible disappointment... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Maybe we should maybe we should wrap up before our brains break. Alright, let's try and get to the end because like I'm trying to figure. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that we did cover it, like him resetting reality. Yeah. Uh. So basically, um, Allison slices her father's brain, sees that he's not human, which we already knew. <laughs> Interesting. It's kind of crazy that, like, they didn't know all this time, but we've known kind of, I was, I wouldn't say I was waiting for him to reveal it, but, like, also, like, I feel like with all the powers y'all have, somebody should have sent something. Like, I'm not saying he has two hearts, like a Time Lord, but, like, something should have been different about the guy to reveal that he's not human. You know what Nobody I mean? How is he surviving all these timelines and he's still a terrible person? Some just... people just never learn, maybe his morality is different since he's an alien. Oh, maybe. Um, let's see. Okay, the seven Sparrow and Umbrella Academy teammates fall down, no longer being drained by the machine. Red button appears. Allison presses the red button. Allison arrives via taxi at her old house, lets her in, self in. She sees her daughter, and then she sees Ray. Obviously, Ray isn't Claire's daughter, but, like, we don't care. It's a happy ending, okay? Leave us alone. Um, basically, yeah. everybody comes out of the elevator. Nobody has their powers anymore, but that's fine, because we're all normal. We're going off to live our lives. You know, Diego and Lila have a son who is homeboy from Euphoria. Love to see him working. That's our little boy. That's our king. Um, and, you know, they go off living their lives. Uh, Victor tells off Reginald, as they should. Sloane has disappeared. Da-da-da-da. 
Cameron pans to reveal that Sir Reginald is alive. I don't know how he's dead in the timeline, but also alive. So he's under... It's Hargreaves. Like, it's Hargreaves financial... Hargreaves empire. Like, how are you... Yeah, I, I don't know. Listen, I'm okay with twists and turns, but y'all gotta make it make sense. Y'all gotta make it make sense. At the very least, it has to make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing like, here? you ever watch something and you're like, I really hope that they don't cancel this show because... There's what is going on? Of satisfying payoff. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt when I was watching Archive 81. Because um, <clears throat> Archive 81 is a show, it was based off of a podcast that was kind of like trying to be like, it's similar to like the Blair Witch Project. It's like hunting ghosts, stuff like that. The podcast is a narrative form podcast. And in the podcast, it's about this girl who is dating another girl and they're in these ho- this hotel trying to find these ghosts and they find the secret society. In the show, it's about a guy, his name's Dan, he's an archivist. He gets paid a bunch of money to go live in this abandoned house and restore these tapes. And these tapes have like this certain mold on it that has hallucinogens on it. And then there's Melanie who's living in the apartment while this is happening and Dan's uncovering the mystery while we're seeing what's happening with Melanie. And Dan has a history of mental illness because they always do. And, you know, it's just an uncovering, like, ghost story. In the school shooter era. Well, he's a black guy, so it's not giving school shooter. Never mind. It's giving, like, nerd cooped up in the house. Maybe That's I'm not... better. It's like, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe I'm not crazy. It's like, you're not crazy about the ghosts and the hallucinations. You're not crazy. But you did get committed a year ago. So, maybe let's get out of the basement with the mold. And let's go outside and breathe fresh air. You know what I mean? Let's breathe fresh air. And... Um, Bro, the way they left Archive 81 as such a cliffhanger, I, me, me, and Mahuma Ati, and, and Matt McGorry, and we're, we are running down Mr. Director of Programming and Netflix, lock your doors, lock your windows, alright? Listen, I, I really am like, the way they ended the season, like, they were anticipating a season two, and they canceled it, despite the fact that people loved the show, and it was well-reviewed. You have Honestly, the nerve to cancel Archive 81, and then give us the ultimatum! Give us Snowflake Mountain! What's wrong with you? There's a reason Netflix is getting unsubs. Honestly, that's why I'm, like, so worried about the reviews that Disenchantment gets, because, like, it's a good show. They end every season on a cliffhanger. I don't want it to be canceled. How long has Disenchantment been going on? Uh, I think season one dropped in 2018. Oh. Yeah, at least the first half. So I think we we're done with two seasons, so I remember. Netflix has some pretty good animated series for the most part. Inside Job. I need to watch Inside Job. I, it's good. I've heard people talking about it. Oh, also Kid Cudi is releasing a show called Intergalactic and an album at the same time. So, you know, you guys should go see it. It's gonna be good. I'm excited because, like, the cast is already really good. Like, it has uh, Jessica Williams, Timothy Chalamet, Ty Dolla Sign is in this show, which is, like, pretty cool. I love it when rappers become actors because usually they're pretty good actors. Like, usually they're pretty talented. So, like, that's cool that Ty Dolla Sign is in it. But I think that's... it comes with being a good storyteller. Yeah. A good storyteller, a good writer, good at, like, concepts and visual. Yeah. So, I'm excited. And also, I just, Kid Cudi is just giving us so much. Like, he's going on tour, which I probably won't be able to see him because I'm poor. And also, my parents will let me leave the house. 
and he is COVID least, out here. Oh my gosh, bro! Also, he's about to release um, a mixtape, which is like a greatest hit kind of mixtape, which I'm excited for. Um, yeah, I'm excited, and you yeah. know. As much as I, I know that, like, Kid Cudi is sad because he and Cudi aren't friends anymore, to be friends with someone like Kanye has to be hard, you know? And Kid Cudi's, like, he's very much someone who's, like... Been there. Yeah. Like, he's dealt with that kind of stuff at a deeper level. So, of course, like, him and Kanye being, like, literal brothers and, like, having to, like, not be cool with each other anymore is really hard. And I remember uh, Pusha T talked about it in an interview how like their brothers those like make up again. And like yeah they've had their beef and they got back together as friends and like they dropped Kitsy Ghost. But I truly feel like this time is different. Cause he, this time is different. This man is also going through a divorce and like he just wants to see his kids. But also it's just like... his midlife crisis. Also like the church stuff was very much like the okay we're going somewhere with this. Like, I get it that people seek out faith in replacement of therapy, but I feel like we could do both. I feel like we could do both. You know what I mean? Just yeah, saying. For some reason, nobody does. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard out here. JJ, <laughs> what did you think of Umbrella Academy? Tell us your, give us your honest thoughts. It's going to be very real. I, um, wasn't allowed to watch it for a while. I'm still not allowed to watch it, my mom said no but uh I, I watched it anyway i honestly do think it's a really interesting show i think that like honestly it's pretty well written although i do wish that like at least in season one i wish that the plot moved faster than it did even though i understand why it didn't but like the thing that I, i'm like always worried that shows are gonna get to a point where the plot is like too contrived to really make sense to be worth following like the last show that i watched that was like that was cobra kai it started off rather interestingly but once the drama and the stakes are either ratcheted too high or it's like all over things that can be solved with like literally one conversation over lunch then it's um that's like always what my concern is with shows so overall i'd say that it's been pretty good i've enjoyed the watch i think i'm definitely gonna check out season four but like i'm always worried they're like it's like playing hot potato when you're writing i'm always worried they're gonna drop it Mm-hmm. um i have to say i'm very happy with like the cast of the show i love shows when they take actors that aren't like big known names but they've been in works before so they're somewhat familiar and you bring this cast together to bring something amazing and wonderful like secession i haven't seen i didn't recognize anyone from secession except tom because he was in the pride of prejudice movie with Kira Knightley, and then Kieran Culkin, because he's Macaulay Culkin's brother, and he was also in Scott vs. Pilgrim. But, like, Secession has a cast of people who were not recognizable and not very well known in, like, house not household names, but the writing and the show and the acting and everything about the show comes together so well that makes it such a success. And it's made it such a success. But even in Succession, uh, in Season 3, I think one of the pitfalls of Secession was that they started putting in known actors in the show which isn't all the way bad but at the same time it takes away some of the like the draw to the show because you can watch the yeah. session even though you know it's a tv show you know these are actors because of how wonderful the writing is and how just like seamless the acting is and how well the cast just works together and just like like flows off of each other it feels kind of like you're watching a documentary it feels like you're watching a slice of the life of rich people and you know when you have the show go into like when I start seeing people like 
Sanaya Lathan, who I love. And then, like, Z-Way? I feel like Z-Way wasn't the right person for to be on... I'm not gonna lie. I like Z-Way, and I get that she is popular, but, like, if you're gonna have a talk show host be on your show, I think it should be either, like, Jimmy Kimmel, maybe, because he gives, like, talk show energy, but he also gives, like, talk show energy in a show. Like, he gives that, or maybe, like, Conan O'Brien, who I feel like is one of the best late night hosts, you know, just, like, have them do that. And also, season three has its own pitfalls because it was filmed during COVID and some of the writing is not not great. And like, uh, uh, you know, I... Yeah. Also, they got... We all know that, like, in Secession, it's essentially, like, the, the Murdoch family that owns Fox. Yeah. When y'all start playing around with, like... Like, literally, there's an episode where... I forget this boy's name, but Kieran Culkin's character pitches that this YouTuber, essentially, be the next president. And that's when I'm like, okay, no, no, no. <laughs> We're stepping into SNL territory. What are you talking about? Also, what is Siobhan doing there? You went from working with the Bernie Sanders equivalent of that show to being at CPAC? Siobhan, could you... Siobhan, could you please just be my favorite? Please. Looks like you got a problematic fave. Oh my gosh! At least I'm not. At least Kendall isn't my favorite. People who are Kendall fans, I really do worry about y'all, cause like it gives very much I can fix him energy. And let me tell you something. <laughs> There's a lot going on with him. It takes a lot more than restarting the computer, unplugging it, and plugging it back in to help out Kendall. Like I'm glad that his kids were in this season more often, but I don't like his girlfriend because she was like really nice and like she seemed like an actual genuinely like good influence on him and then she kind of turned out to be like kind of like Lindsay lohan type and it was like do y'all did y'all forget how to write women what happened the answer is yes mark malloyd what's going on also a lot of the writers and directors of secession like very talented also the fact that will ferrell is like a producer of secession the guy who gave us stepbrothers that's another thing Listen, I get that, like, actors want to do whatever they want. If you have spent your career getting, like, being successful off of terrible movies, then suddenly you want to switch it around and make good movies? Um, where was this? Where was this? It's like you're slacking off all semester, and then suddenly at the end, you start caring about your grades, and then you pass. It's like, hold on, where was the drive and determination <laughs> so long ago? having that power. Like, Adam Sandler making not great movies most of his life, and then suddenly Uncut Gems and Hustle are, like, two of his best films. And also his comedy special. So let me tell you this whole time, you actually had talent. And you could actually he just write this. <laughs> like, he has talent. He just gets his friends paid. Honestly, I support it. He just has fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it. But also, like, I kind of spent, like, a couple years not liking your movies just out of spite. And now you have to make me, like, go back on my word because you're, like, you actually know what you're doing? Wow, you must really grow right about now. No, you wasted my time with movies like Pixels, all right? I like that movie. Oh, gosh. To be fair, I watched it when it came out. How old were you? Let me see when it came out. When Pixels came out, that was when I was getting to my, like, um, CinemaSins phase. I regret that. I regret that phase. I was, what you would call it, I was 
2013 when it came out. Oh. Yeah. I, I just want you to Honestly, know... Honestly, I just watched CinemaSin so I could watch movies without having to go to the movies. <laughs> but they talk for the most part. I realize that now. CinemaSins, I, like, YouTube channels like CinemaSins, how do you not get copyright blocked? I put, uh, like... Creative editing. I try to upload my stream with, uh, the last stream we did with the Hell's Kitchen episode, and I got partially blocked. I was sitting here thinking, like, how does Dylan in Trouble and Trin, Lo- like, Lowell not get, like, copyright claims? It's most... Honestly, it's because they cut the heck out of their videos, and then they rec- they upload it, they get claimed... They take it down, redo it, get claimed until they get it right. I don't have the patience or the energy to do that. Like, the fact, when I, I tried, I literally tried to make movie reactions, and then halfway through the movie, I was like, I'm not recording myself and watching this. I don't care enough. I'm not recording myself and watching this. I Something else that you can do is, like, just overlay other media over it. It sometimes works to compress. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um. All right. My opinion on Umbrella Academy... It's a good show. Like, it's a great show. It's an interesting concept. Um, I loved it when it first came out. I was late to watching season two. Um, By the time season two came out, I don't think a lot of people... I think people were were watching it and were interested in it, but also I think it came out around the pandemic. And I also think that around the time that it came out was when the society, Outer Banks, and I'm Not Okay With This also came out. So, it wasn't the only Netflix show people were talking about. But I still watched it. I still liked it. Season 2 is better than Season 1. The writing is a lot more creative. I truly do believe that because Season 1 was so well done and well written, and because it laid the groundwork, they were able to just jump off from that and just kind of, like, have fun with it and then pull things from the previous season into there and, like, have fun with the Easter eggs and stuff like that. Season 3, I feel like... um we're depending a little too much on the apocalypse being the season finale, and so we're upping the stakes, and we're taking some risk, and we're doing some interesting character choices, and, you know, uh, I, I just want to say, I'm not going to watch season four, because I feel like we're going into, like, uh, let's use season four as a metaphor for capitalism, and how it is taking over our world and like blah 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 and um when you start using your television show as a like a metaphor or a driving force or like a your soapbox that's what i log off that's when i log off i came for shenanigans and superpowered children i came for the queasy incest but i stayed for the queer guy who could talk to ghosts and who steals every single scene that he's in i came for elliot page and i stayed for the grumpy 13 year old so yeah um i do like that like for like netflix changed uh page's name to elliot in all of the seasons and screens i noticed that and they're referred to as victor i like how they obviously like the part of elliot transitioning was put like you know added into their characterization and they put that at the beginning of season three and it's a very heartwarming scene where like they accept Elliot and I like that I appreciate that a lot of course when Elliot came out people were kind of like what's gonna happen with Umbrella Academy Paige was the reason why I started watching the show also because like someone told Mary J. Blige was in the show and I was like oh Mary J. Blige 
because you know mm-hmm. Netflix, you know Netflix, they had that the um the still with um Mary J. Blige holding the gun, and like people know who Mary J. Blige is, so of course we're gonna watch a TV show with Mary J. Blige in it because like it's Mary J. Blige. Like, what do you mean? Like, we know yeah. who she is because we're cultured, okay? Uh, but um, yeah. Overall, I'm gonna say you know season two, season one, season three. I'm not watching season four because I feel like season four will probably be the last season. And if that happens, that happens. Because, like, all the I actors are very talented. I've never watched the very last episode of <clears throat> I haven't watched the last episode of The Good Place. In my mind, it never ended. Exactly. In my mind, it never ended. So Look, I remember one time I was watching Doctor Who and Eleven was like, oh, yeah, I just tear up the last page. I don't like ending. It's like, wait, you could just not read the ending? I was like, oh. I hate endings. Was Doctor Eleven um, Matt Smith? Yeah, that's my least favorite Doctor. Honestly, my uh, my favorite Doctor is Nine. Yeah, I like Nine. I feel like Nine did not get enough time to shine. Didn't yeah, get enough story. Correct. You yeah. gave him the first season, and then we gotta get a new one immediately after. Y'all could have let this man just. I do understand that like he came out in interviews talking about how like. He enjoyed his role as a doctor, but during that time he was dealing with a lot, so it wasn't like a happy time for him. But Russell T. Davis, listen, Russell T. Davis, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. This is for Russell only. Russell, I know you're listening. You have given us our first black doctor. Thank you for not taking us back in time. David Tennant is coming back. Catherine Tate is coming back. We have a transgender companion. All I need, I need Billy to come back. I need to see um, Yasmin. If he can do it, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Jonathan Bailey needs to come back because he's in Bridgerton. He was also in Doctor Who. You could bring him back. Timely, wobbly, timely, whimy stuff. You know, it works. And what I also need to happen is I want to see Christian Eccleston because Peter Capaldi was in an episode, was in the Doctor Who episode with Pompeii when David Tennant and Catherine Tate were together. And then he became the Doctor. You can make it happen because Tom Travel is complicated. All right? Listen, if Chris Chimnall can bring us the timeless child and bring us a big bad that turns out to be the doctor all along like it's happened before, we could have Christian Eccleston in the new season of Doctor Who. That's, I'm presenting it to you. I'm asking nicely. Neil Patrick Harris is going to be on the show. If you're putting an American on Doctor Who, you can bring back Christian Eccleston, all right? Also, also, please bring Martha. All my homies love Martha. Martha. Also, please bring um the one black female doctor that was in Jodie Whittaker season that we always see us all three times. And she had like less than 10 lines. Please bring her back too. I'd love to see her as well. Yes. Those are the asks I have for Russell T. Davis. Uh, if you don't do it, I'm spitting in your fish and chips. I'm spitting in your tea. I'm going to run you over with a double deck of boss. If you don't do it, you see all those artifacts in the British Museum? I'm putting them back. I'm putting them back. Yeah, I'm running them back. Four, three, two. <laughs> I told you I was putting it back, didn't I? Fine. Stop him. Stop him. <laughs> this is Storgy Reporter Guy from the BBC. Recently, there's been a string of thefts from the British Museum, and we found artifacts that are cropping up in third world countries. We don't understand what the motive is. These are rightfully the possession of the British Crown. That's enough. 
that's enough of the bit. I think I've done too much of the bit. I sometimes forget that this is an audio podcast. <laughs> I forget that this is an audio medium as well as a visual medium. Thank you, JJ, for that lovely bit. I'm sure our listeners of Spotify will appreciate it. I sure hope so. <laughs> okay. Um, we've talked about the Umbrella Academy. We've talked about TikTok. We've talked about Beyonce. We've uh, talked about Doctor Who. Excuse me. We've talked about a lot of things. Things that we like. Things that we love. This was not a recap. This was not a review. Uh, if you came here for that, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, we're going to be wrapping it up. <laughs> sorry. Oh my gosh. Why do I have the hiccups? Wow. We're going to be wrapping you up. too hard. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. Should I take off my tube top? No. Leave it on. Okay. Right. We're going to be wrapping up the show with I'll Pass. It is a segment of the podcast where we talk about things that we're going to be passing on. They can be movies, TV shows, they can be music too. Or it could be industry news that you heard and you're just like, no, I'm not for it. And the one thing, one of the things I'll be passing on is Westworld Season 4. Because as much as I love Evan Rachel Wood, I'm done. I'm done with the show. I try to watch Season 3. Yes, I watched it only because, um... Call Me From Breaking Bad is in it. And yes, I watched it because Kid Cudi is in it. Don't judge me. Okay? Not it's Cudi. Cudi with the beard is the best Cudi. I said what I said. And the thing is, is that, like, too much happened in season four that, like... No, too much happened in season three that season four... I simply do not... I don't understand... People write these shows. They sit down and write these things. They conceptualize ideas and they put them together. And they're like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Oh yeah, this is good. I want to, like, I'm telling you right now, season two, interesting. You know, season two was like, okay. Season one was a good, like, laying down the foundation of what Westworld is and AIs. And I was like, okay, we're expanding on the film. We're giving it some depth. We're giving it some color. You're giving us twists. You're giving us turns. You know, I like that. But season three really was just like, oh, we're this. Like, that's the thing. Westworld is another show where, like, you have actors that are obviously actors, but they're not household names. But the show is so well written and so interesting and so well done that it, like, brings people to the spotlight. I knew Sandy Newton as an actress before she was on Westworld. She was familiar to me. And, like, having her career kind of, like, just grow from Westworld is something that's so satisfying to me because I love her so much and she's such a wonderful actress. She's so amazing. She's great. Also, like, just about everybody on the show is very talented. Um, seeing Tessa Thompson on the show was a treat and a delight because Tessa Thompson is a great actress and I love her so much. But from season two being awesome and wonderful and expanding on the things we talked about season one season three coming in with like the real world and like this and that and like this and that it's like we're doing a lot right now as much who is this guy i keep forgetting his name breaking bad who's the dude from breaking bad like what did he play aaron paul i love aaron paul yeah he's a great actor but I know who Eric Paul is. That's the problem. I like it when you introduce actors that you don't know. And, like, when actors are in TV shows and they're not recognizable, 
I don't have to associate them with other works that I've seen other them in. Yeah. I could just associate with this character, and then I can lose them and the character. Because that's the purpose of an actor. You take on a character in a work, you embody them, and then you just let it go. You let it flow, and you let it happen. And that's the work. Evan Rachel Wood... You can't see Jesse Pink. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, Jesse? What happened? What happened to you? I'm like, literally see Kid Cuddy in the show. It's like, Kid Cuddy's a good actor. Like, he was also in a show called We Are Who We Are, which is a show that was created by the same director of Call Me By Your Name. And that's a good show. And Kid Cuddy is a good actor. Like, this is also the third HBO show he's been on, which is interesting. Like, he was in Made in America, We Are Who We Are, and now Westworld. Which is, you know, shout out to you, man. But, like... Pretty dang good. Yeah, pretty dang good. But, like, it's... It's good that your show is popular, and it's great that there are going to be actors that we know. But when the appeal of your show and what drew your show to people was having characters telling a story, having people just in, immersed in your story, I will fall out of the immersion... If I see Lena Waithe robbing banks. I feel like it's sort of like um, celebrity voice acting. Mm. Where like they don't actually choose voice actors for things. They choose celebrities. Yes. Hey, they're famous. And then like the celebrities do a voice job because voice acting is hard. Yeah. I should know. I don't do it. But like there's um, there's some wave files and MP3 files out there that uh, might disagree with me. Hmm. Yeah. Like Detective Pikachu is one of my favorite movies because Catherine Newton, I know her from Supernatural and also Blockers. She's a great actress. And Justice Smith, I know him from The Get Down and also Paper Towns. He was also in that movie. He's a wonderful actor and he's amazing. And then you have Ryan Reynolds, who everybody loves, of course, but like if you had three unknown actors, not unknown because like I know who, but like, you know, three actors who aren't that well known to a mainstream audience in a huge movie with a big budget and a huge studio uh, behind a huge franchise like star wars did it unfortunately they ruined everything for episode nine but star wars did it ryan johnson you will pay for your crimes you will not you will not be let off easy i'm letting you know right now don't think knives out is absolved you of anything don't think just because chris answers within a sweater and Daniel Craig was in a very charming southern accent that absolved you of anything. You gave Lakeith Stanfield three lines. All right. Wow. Really? Challenge. Also, the fact that, like, in 2018, Lakeith Stanfield was in, like, eight movies. Like, eight, eight different movies. <laughs> he was like, oh, we're not doing Atlanta? I'm going to get this back. I'm going to get this back. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to get this back. Oh, I have a question. Yeah. Opinions on the Eric Andre show. I love the Eric Andre show. I watched it when I was a kid, and I was like, this is fun. I rewatched it. I have, I want to rewatch it, because I feel like... I haven't watched his most recent movie with uh, Tiffany Haddish, because I'm not a, a huge fan of those kind of movies. But Eric Andre is very funny, and, yeah. you know, I feel like if he could, like, just do, like... I want to see Eric Andre in a romantic comedy. I want to... interesting i feel like he would be like pretty good in a romantic comedy because he is attractive and like he's funny and girls like guys who are funny and like a six on the attractive scale so i feel like that would work if you get someone i guess i'm screwed (laughs) i'm too high on the scale jj shut up
Am I wrong, though? Okay. All right. Um, who would be a good actress to play opposite of... Um, I'm literally looking this up. Who would be a good actress to play opposite of Eric Andre? Yeah, I... chaotic. Some... Ooh. I am... Mm, Alana Glazer. I like her. I think she's very funny. But I would prefer a black woman. I'm not gonna lie. I would prefer a black yeah, woman to that's play fair. opposite of him. Look, if you... Listen... There's nothing wrong with pro-black bias. <laughs> like, that clip is definitely going to come back to haunt me when the uh, commentary channel starts doing hour-long videos about me. But, uh, it's fine. It's fine. I feel like if he were to date somebody, who would it be? Cat Graham? No, she does too many romance movies. She's doing a lot of like those Netflix Christmas movies now. She's coming for Vanessa Hudgens' back, and I support it. Lauren London. They're both light skin. I think it could work. Light skin love is a different kind of love. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I don't think it counts since Eric is bluish. I feel like it could work. It probably could. It could. Lauren London is also like very much lifestyle pretty girl. You know, Eric Andre is very much like jokey joke pranks and stuff. I feel like their dynamic would be interesting. I feel like it would be cute. I think it could work. You know what I mean? Yeah. My next pick is Sonequa Martin-Green. She's in that... She was in Walking Dead. She's in Star Trek Discovery. She's also in Holiday Rush. She's also very pretty. I feel like if she was like a really pretty yoga teacher, that could work. Or Kylie Bunbury. She's in The Big Sky, Days of Our Lives. Um, she was also in Pitch, which is which was a show that was like really good. But it got canceled because Fox doesn't... Because <laughs> no, Fox is, you know, likes to cancel stuff. But, yeah. Ooh, yes, Kylie Bunbury. She, her and Eric Andre, they would actually make a good couple. Also, Kylie Bunbury is one of those actresses who's been acting for a long time, but hasn't had, like, a breakout role. So her doing, like, a romance film with Eric Andre, the way that y'all need to hire me, the way that I need to be working for Universal, like, hello? Miramax, where's my check? time to start writing your own films oh do it just do it you know what i i wanted to be a screenwriter when i was younger and i what wanted you i still want to be a director go for it nothing's stopping you from making short films getting a little team together you just have to go outside <laughs> give me one second i have to get my laptop charger because it's about to die Ah, uh, heck, honestly, I'm not even gonna lie, that's probably a good idea, but, like, also, my mom is probably gonna, like, yell at me and not let me, like, you know, go upstairs, kitchen is closed and all that, she says. Oh. Yeah. So um, you want to end the podcast? I should probably do my passes real quick. Okay, Wait, go ahead. what percentage is your battery on? It's literally, like, it's on 10%. Uh, okay, I'll be quick. So, pass. Number one, Morbius. You know why Morbius, why I'm passing on Morbius? Well, it's simple. How else am I? You can't be a member of the Morbius fan base if you like actually watch Morbius. So because oh gosh, I sound like so because I don't because I want to consider myself a Morbius fan. I'm not watching it. My favorite part of the movie is where he said it's Morbin time and he morbed all over everybody. You know, it, it was so good. And also another pass is that that new song by Lil Nas X with Young Boy. Is it Young Boy? I think it's Young Boy. NBA Young Boy. Yeah. 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 Mm. I'm passing on that. I mean, it is screw BET, but also, like, I wasn't listening to that song anyways. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I agree, I can agree with, with screw BET, but, like, yeah, uh, 
first track, Nas misses. Leave it. <sighs> Alright, yeah, sorry I gotta cut it short, but like... That's um, okay. Yeah. It's alright, JJ. I'll talk to you later, though. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we can get together some of those uh, people who stream... stream yes! Play chess or something, I don't know. Let's just stick to Among Us. Sus. Are you sure you don't want to play chess? You don't even have to do much. You just sit there. I know and, how to uh, play chess. Like, I would honestly murk you. So I'm doing this as a favor. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye, JJ. This is thank you for having me on again as a guest. Everybody, make sure you follow and subscribe to Monica if you haven't done it already. If you haven't done it, why the heck are you still here without subbing? Right. What are you doing? Right. What are you doing? And also subscribe to me and follow me on Twitter at jgnt 5 I have the funniest tweets this side of the Mississippi. Uh, Link in the description. Yeah. Let's go. Let's All go. Right. Sorry, I got to cut this short, but it was fun. Deuces. Get your charger. Drink water. Eat well. <laughs> Healthy. Yeah. Bye, right. JJ. Bye. Um, let me see if my camera will turn on. Can you guys still hear me? You can still hear me. Um, why is my camera not turning on? Hold on. Hold on one second. Why is the camera not turning on? Hold on, I have to put on the device back and then add it back and then do the thing. Okay, here we go. So that's perfect. Okay, guys, thank you so much for uh, watching the stream. My thing is, that's better. That's better. Okay. Yeah, that's accurate. I look so pretty. Um, yeah, my laptop's about to die, but that's okay. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of I've Been Meaning to Watch That. Shout out to JJ for being a guest. Uh, you guys can follow him. His links are in the description. Follow him on Twitter. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. Be sure to uh, follow Instagram, the TikTok, and, you know, just all the things. And thank you again, guys, for watching and supporting. I really appreciate it. And I will see you guys. I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Have a great day. Bye.